was and I didn't realize it was that long. I just had trouble just. It's like 40 fucking minutes, dude. I just had trouble paying attention to it. Well, and number one, there's absolutely no reason that Cross and Balor should have went on before Cole and O'Reilly. That turned me off a little bit. But, you know, my comment in there was, hey, I, this is what I came for. I can go to bed early. Yeah, that's true. I thought I thought Balor and, and uh, Cross was really good. Probably the best match I've seen out of Cross in NXT. Now, see, to me, he has plenty of good matches. He has plenty of good matches. He doesn't have any great matches. That's that's the fear. Okay. Why? What, what, what position has he been where he needs to exceed what he is currently doing? Well, he is now the NXT champion. So, okay, but, but every time he goes out, he doesn't need to go out there and wow you with this ridiculous moveset. He needs to go out there and dominate, kick ass, and look like this menacing figure that he is. I, and I, then I, I think the whole every, menacing you know, big figure thing is gone, dude. He's basically the same size as fucking Balor. Dude, there was a big difference there. There is not that big of a difference yes. there. I yes, totally there disagree. Uh, even in height, he's still a head taller. And they don't show you a a side shot where you've got two and a half of cross to one length of Balor or width of Balor. God, do you know he's already 35? I, that's the thing with him, though, man. You know what I? You know what I would really do? Even though he's holding that title, people wouldn't see this coming. Whoever leaves that match Sunday night with the uh, Universal Championship. I guess he's got five inches on Finn. It sure didn't seem like it to me. Good camera work, man. They were shooting it at that weird angle there. Um, Now you take that and put that on the red and blue when they use that, that wide shot. Then oh, you see man. the big difference. And Tito's had to protect that size. They were shooting from that side low angle where you're actually kind of looking a little over cross. And, you know, and Finn's got that, that imagery where he looks so much bigger right there. Right. <clears throat> I, I'd still, even with him winning that belt, immediately following Mania, I'd start dropping cryptic messages on social media. TikTok. Get everywhere you can. TikTok. Not TikTok. Nope. I just say someone is coming. Make it make it feel like it could be Punk. It could be uh, Lesnar. Don't don't give him. anything away that it's going to be Cross. But then on SmackDown, have Scarlet show up and then hit the TikTok. Did you see that fucking Osprey called out fucking Punk? Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm sorry. I don't even want to see that. I want to see CM Punk from 2011 versus Will Ospreay from 2021. I don't need to see 2021 Punk who hasn't been in a ring for fucking You know what? The only years. thing that was completely off Ospreay doing anything like that. You, you don't throw challenges. They come to you. That's right. kind of your MO. He, you know what he's saying? He came off like Seth Rollins. Well, dude, even immediately as soon as he won the title. Like, he's in the ring celebrating and he's all, Okada! And it's like, who the fuck are you to be challenging Kazushka Okada for a title that you just won? Like, <laughs> I I can see that a little bit because I, I did see some conversations where 
people are like, why, why are they treating Okada? Because, you know, Okada gets that shot at the uh, Tokyo, right? Yeah. At, what is it? What is it called? The Grand Slam. Summer Grand the Grand Slam. Slam. Okay, I wanted to say Super Bowl, but that's because I was I actually just got done listening to the Super Bowl of wrestling. Um, I'll show about it, but I could see with Okada because I and someone was like, why are they treating Okada this way? Because you know, this is the champ. Well, and I, I, it, even in the storyline point, you're trying to establish this new championship. He's Before an illegitimate he, champion until he beats Kazuchika Okada because Okada right. beat him in the Tokyo Dome. Well, until you beat, you know, arguably the, you know, the greatest IWGP heavyweight champion who's still right. there, you know, that and that, and that, you know, what that adds credence to this new championship. Right. In in storyline wise, I don't think a lot of people are going to buy into that fucking bullshit. But and even from you know middle of the road New Japan followers, fans like me to those hardcores like you, we're not going to buy that shit. Dude, people are so pissed off. I mean, it, it's not just me. There's a lot of people that are ready to jump off the New Japan ledge right now. I think they're 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 not. Doing I don't even like him going back to the dome. No, I'm 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 right there with you. It, it, it waters down Wrestle Kingdom. So you uh, you went off on AEW, huh? Holy fuck, dude! When when's the last time that you actually tuned in to watch this bullshit? Um, it's been a very long time. It's been a I mean, because when you when you time. like when you when you turned off American wrestling, you turned off American wrestling. Yeah, yeah, and it. it I felt better about New Japan after watching AEW. I can tell you that. There was so I actually I had some notes on AEW, uh, but I ended up closing. The, I was typing them on my computer. I ended up closing the document. I was like, I don't. It makes me mad to look at. That was probably the worst show that they've done, arguably. Oh, it was awful, dude. Like I don't know if they just like did they just call it in because they knew they were up against Takeover. Like, well, I mean, no. Let me look what they actually believed. TK, the forbidden door, he actually believed that going at that rate, trying to throw everything against the against the fucking wall with completely no fucking logic all over the place. I mean, look at this. I mean, look with how they lined up that main event. They almost had every one of their superstars in there. Well, do you had to know something fucked up was going to happen in that main event. We talked about this on the show, right? Who's eating the pin in that fucking match? Machine uh, gun? I mean, if you're actually doing that match straight up, like there's no way that you were getting a finish in that match that was satisfying. I don't even I don't even care about that. I didn't need anything clean there. We're looking if, if there is anyone that is less enthusiastic or suspenseful in some kind of you know that big moment you're waiting for in those turns like that, it's got it. There is no one worse than the Young Bucks. Yeah. No, that was the were you, at any point were you really on the edge of your seat? You're more like hurry up, you jackass! Just fucking super kick him, just fucking oh, and super then, kick. And him. then magically, magically, after all these years, and after what twenty minutes in this match, the super kick starting to mean something. It, it, right, you know, right. like that one super Valid. kick means something. Valid. That's a good point. Uh, he, here's a good one for you. I saw this while I was uh, on Twitter earlier. I'll shoot this over to you via the messenger. Looks like uh, Moxley needs some help, and uh, he's got he's got a couple volunteers. I saw that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? I, I don't want it, man. Don't trust. Well, you know what? Don't trust anybody with with that bullet club. I guess my 
my feeling on it is, you know, they are in Florida right now. Everybody's in Florida right now. Well, I, I, I know, but, you know, not everybody is offering to come help John Moxley, you know, against uh, four guys that they would really like to kick their ass. Nah. Nah, here, here's, here's what you do. It's got to be Callahan and fucking. You roll. You roll with your boys. Yeah, it's got to be Callahan and um, oh, the dude that's hurt right now. What's his fucking name? Came out at the end of that match. Eddie Kingston. Kingston, Kingston I, I Callahan. Like, that's got to be. I it. like Kingston in there. You, you stick with the boy you, you, that you really you originally came to the dance with back to HWA. You, you go with Callahan, and you know what? You've got that 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 rat Callus. You got to keep an eye on him, right? Oh yeah, so you need you need a th- uh, fourth. Yeah, how about how about this guy, Cody F and Hawk? I would totally be down to see Cody F and Hawk on AEW television, and he would immediately have more credibility than three quarters of that fucking roster. Yes, sir. Like they were trying to tell me that this this guy who's half of a fucking tag team that wrestled Hangman to open the fucking show that this was basically a de facto number one contenders match. Max Caster, that was his fucking name. I'm like, I don't even know who this fucking guy is. And is Max, anybody Max colder? Max Caster. That sounds like a like a car park. Is anybody colder than Hangman Page right now? I mean, like, did anybody suffer more from the pandemic? Everybody wanted to do cowboy shit and get drunk with the Hangman, you know, when the pandemic hit. And now he is ice fucking cold. Yeah, because they put him with a dork order. Well... That, that train wreck. That doesn't help anything. When did Tanera Conti join, or uh, Hikaru Shida? Conti. When, when did Hikaru Shida join the Dark Order? Why in the fuck was she out there with the Dark Order? I don't know. I think that was a being the elite thing. Like, you're supposed to watch all of their YouTube spinoff stuff oh, to start remember, on your Don't you remember right before AEW launched, Cody said you don't have to watch any shoulder content. Like if you watch BTE, if yes, you they watch also said Dark, it, they also you know, said they also said it was going to be a sports-based presentation. How much can we rip on them for that though? In the pandemic era, like what? I just I don't feel like the sports-like presentation works in the pandemic era, and that's coming from somebody who watches New Japan. I don't I don't, I don't get the connection. So because you can't have an audience, you have to have like TikTok videos and. Well, I'm not saying that they're they're doing dance routine. Well, I mean, they, they defaulted to sports entertainment. It's like they just let Jericho take the fucking book and and start going. Well, you know what it was in a pandemic era when they said a sports like presentation that meant kill our audience. Yeah, well, they're, they're they're doing a hell of a job there. They're doing a hell of a job. Yeah, and then I, what what's up? Speaking of Taikanti's match, I mean, what what the fuck was up with that clusterfuck? It's a women's under match. And you've got like nine dudes out there brawling around. Didn't even notice the dudes. You you put Tay and Nericanti on my fucking TV, and I don't see anything else. Uh, what what else was so bad on that? A complete misuse of Tyson. How much did you pay him for that? Oh my god! And furthermore, the last time we saw Tyson, he was beating up Jericho. Why would he come save Jericho of all fucking people? I, I guess this is more shoulder content. I guess at some point we were supposed to realize that. Uh, in the six months of booking that they had or a year worth of booking that they had between the pinnacle and the inner circle that they hurried up and did in three weeks, the uh, that Tyson went to social media or something and and said, uh, that, that I respect you, Jacko. 
That was I the got, worst Tyson ever. But dude, all of these companies, regardless of who it is, I don't care if it's fucking AEW. I don't care if it's NXT. I don't care if it's WWE. I don't care if it's NBC. I don't care if you've got Kong versus Godzilla coming out. I don't care if you're Fox News. I don't care if you're Donald Trump. I don't care who you are. Everybody needs to realize social media is not as big of a fucking deal as you seem to think it is. It's not. It's just not. It's great for the 18 to 49 demo, but that's it. Well, it, it, here's the, here's really where they aren't properly utilizing those platforms. They're just assuming that, you know, I mean, there is a, a wide majority of vast majority of from any demo that are that's not logged true. on that's that are plugged true. in. No, but no, it gets into the regular usage of it. They're not checking it as regularly living on it as they're expecting them to do. Here's my biggest issue with this, where their they're disconnect is that if you're going to use that as your shoulder content, you're going to rely on that then start plugging the shit out of it during your shows to let people know if you're going to tune in with us here. Then make sure you're checking these things out. These are like our modern-day control centers. Here are a few Twitter facts. I feel like we're just in the show at this point. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Right? Well, I thought we'd just get through this, and then we did. We'd roll it, and then... <laughs> no, you know what? There is no open today, ladies and gentlemen. It's just welcome to the show, right? You know what you're listening to. You downloaded the show, all right? But here, this is just fascinating statistic work. I saw this, I don't know, maybe a year ago. There are roughly 22% of Americans are on Twitter. That's it. 22 fucking percent. And of those 22%, the top like 10% do 90% of the tweeting. Like Twitter is not as big of a deal as people seem to think it is. And it's just, it's, it's all about presentation. That's what it is. It's presentation. They present Twitter as this huge freaking deal. They present Twitter. Oh, you've got to be on Twitter. If you want to keep up with everything, you got to be on Twitter. You got to set all the notifications on Twitter. You got to know when Tom, Dick, and Harry okay, down now the you're, tweet. You're, you're sampling one piece of social media, though. Now, if you're utilizing across the platform, you've got nearly 50% of Americans that are engaged in some sort of social media. And of that 50%, if you make that 50%, 100%, 10% of them are responsible for 90% of the content. Oh, and, and that's where I'm also getting at here. I mean, just because you see a statistic like this where they are, they have an account somewhere. I mean, how many people have done that? Or you have, oh, I got to set you up accounts. So the, if you ask, so yeah, I have one, but they never check them or it's weekly or something like that. Yeah, it, it, it's just the, the whole social media bubble People need to realize just how small it is. I mean, when you look at your timeline, regardless if it's Facebook, if it's Twitter, if it's Instagram, you see the same five people that post all the time. In fact, you get tired of reading their content. So you add more people and find out that now you're seeing two people's content. And it just keeps compounding upon itself until, you know, you're following 5,000 people and you're seeing like, you know, a thousand people's content, but you finally have enough content that it's worth logging into. 
That's pretty much what social media is at this point. And those people are influencers. Quit listening to the influencers because the influencers don't know a goddamn thing. And I don't care if the influencer is Jacksepticeye sitting there playing fucking goat simulator on Twitch or if the influencer is fucking Dr. Fauci. They are the same fucking person. They are pushing an agenda. They're trying to push their names and they're trying to make as much fucking money as they possibly can. That's what they have in common. Jacksepticeye. Anthony Fauci, same person. Go fuck yourself. But not me. So please give a follow across all social media at the real RBV. Yeah, visit me at michaeljargo.com. Should we play the open just to fuck with people now that we're like 16 minutes into the show? You got me worked up today. I'm ready to fucking fight somebody now. Well, it's man. not really a show if we don't have MSG. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. okay. Hit the three quarters. I can't really call it the open. The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This is your United States of America. This is Hitting the Marks, a podcast that's got topics for days, and it'll leave you in a haze. Hosted by two mother that like to talk about everything. News, sports, politics, pro wrestling, people jumping off buildings, taco shops, top ten lists, and more. It's got one guy who likes to get high on a lot of grass, and the other guy who got shot in the ass. And now, here's your host of the Hitting the Marks podcast, Jargo and R. Thanks, MSG. Hello, ladies and gaijin, and welcome back to the Hitting the Marks podcast from the short little break there. Some Left 4 Dead and MSG. You can't hit me on that one, Podbean, because I own the fucking rights. Man, this whole thing with Hami Media is getting completely out of control. The entire war on podcasting is getting completely out of control. It's like the mainstream media just realized that podcasts are a thing, and we have to stop it. We have to stop podcasts because all they do is they just spread this information. No. There's nobody federating this. We, 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 we've got to start putting our thumbs down. And boy, man, our boys over at Hami Media, they are after our asses, especially if you are right-leaning, if you are conspiracy-leaning. Man, they are just all over your freaking nuts. Well, you know, it's it's that manipulated media now realizing that the mind stimulating media as our, you know, as ourselves, uh, you know, that we're getting some truth out there. And it's I don't know if they're necessarily trying to. Uh, well, they, they are to a certain extent. Shut it down. But they're also trying to get on that cash cow. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we got news for you, sons of bitches. <laughs> man, I mean, man, people want to try to play with the fucking infidels, right? Like, no, now, you, you, you don't, don't want to do that. What's funny about it, you know, like these people are like, well, why are they coming? You know, why are you guys? Well, because, you know, it, those big boys are looking over their shoulders right now. We're gaining ground. And, and that's that's reality. You know, that's just not a self-hype. That, that's not a, a shameless self-promotion. That is a reality. We are picking up steam. You know, that's just it, that's it's beyond what you just hear on the platforms. If it's on the affiliate, the Hameen Media Group on Podbeam. If it's the core the hacker Hameen on Podbeam. If it's Twitch, 
with, with our personalities, if it's YouTube, wherever that might be, you look at our brand management. You know, the names that we're starting to take on board, that we're helping to grow themselves, and we're building that network, building that family, and it's getting dangerous. And you look at where they're coming at us on all these fronts. I could see one, two. Every major front, we're, we're getting some kind of attack against us. So what's the solution? I mean, at the end of the day, what is the solution? And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about. I don't remember if it was last week, if it was two weeks ago um, with Christy Nome. And this actually spins very well into our, our first topic. Uh, Christy Nome is taking a lot of heat from the right wing media because she sent this transgender sports thing back to the South Dakota version of Congress to have some of the language changed and whatnot. And she said, no, no, no. You see, what we're doing is we have to build a coalition of states together so that we can take on bodies like the NCAA because South Dakota by ourselves, we don't stand a chance. But if you start getting like South Dakota, you start getting Texas, you start getting Arizona, you start getting some of these Republican mainstay hotbeds with a bit more population and a bit more pull when it comes to the national scene, Ted Cruz then maybe you can do something. Is that the answer for the, all of the podcasts too? Like at a certain point, like I don't want to federate. I don't want to be moderated. I want truly free media. But at a certain point, we all kind of start needing to get all of our ducks in a row together if we're going to fight this battle because individually ain't nobody stands a chance. Well, I, you know, not to give away too much of the game plan, I, I will say, you know, not only are, are we very forward thinking and truly, and, you know, not leftist, weirdo, progressive. Uh, it just when it comes to be able to move forward, thinking outside that box, that's what we're about. But, you know, just not in business, you know, across our platform, we've been trained to you know set our minds in into the thought process of the art of war. So we, we are going to get something together. We're going to come at you. But like you said, Jarko, it's what it's what it's really going to take instead of a, a true hard unification, some kind of union, because, you know, once that gets out of your hands, you fall right back into. That's right. I got right my heart. My I, We're not doing video, but I've got my hardcover copy of the art of war in hand. It took me that long to find it. And you know why you go with the hard you go with the hardcover because it hurts more when you use it. Goddamn right, you beat a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but you but you need that voice, and you need people to get people thinking. You know, just okay. Well, they're going after. We're okay because you know maybe our shows isn't aren't that big or. Well, but, but, maybe I should but stay that's the problem this. because at a certain because point no, you eventually. want your show to get big, right? Like, right. well, and even you know, even if your thing you you're all you okay in your the content you're producing, the size of your show, maybe it's a passion project, something like that. We're talking about a much much bigger issue here. This is about just another systematic control of your life, and it's going to trickle down. They're going to hit every aspect here. You know, I, so many people are reaching out to HMG and, and letting, uh, you know, go go over here to Anchor, go to Spreaker. Well, you're already getting small reports that they're starting to get here. And it's only a matter of time. Yep. Uh, you know, this music crap, this, you know, per intellectual properties bullshit that they got going on with this thing. But you know the fucked up part of that? They come after the podcasters. They don't go after the Chinese that have been stealing the intellectual property for fucking right. decades at this point. We go after the truly free media. 
Absolutely. And really thinking about this here, I understand, you know, if you've got, if you're an artist, you're a creator, and someone is is sampling your your masterpiece, if you will, your product, your baby, and they're like a cash cow. You know, they're a printing merchandise. Okay, that 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 is one thing here. We're we're talking about getting flagged for what fifteen seconds. Yeah. Well, and I feel like here's the thing, right? And, and this is a little pull behind the curtain for people that are not podcasters that listen to the show. We have to pay Podbean, whether it be, you know, on a, a yearly basis or a monthly basis to use and it's, their service. And it, is, and it is not cheap. And it is not cheap. Why is an ASCAP license not built into that? Like, this could easily be resolved in about two seconds if they would just go get an ASCAP license. Then everything yeah. under their platform that you are charging people for, I mean, like, because... We could get an ASCAP license and some web space and and do this ourselves. But all the infrastructure is what you need. But any of these companies, just go get a fucking ASCAP license. This is not hard. Well, they don't want to actually have that that ease of access because that takes away one of the controlling factors that they have over you. That's true. Uh, I remember going back, a little shout out to a good friend, Dominic Camarco at, at Babes. ASCAP came in, handed him a letter, looked at it, went in the bathroom, wiped his ass with it. You bet. Came out, said, uh, hey, thanks a lot. Needed that. Yep. Get the fuck out of my bar. Yeah, dude, that, that's a whole nother podcast in itself. Them they they actually, to the point, because it is written into the jukebox contract. Yes. It's the but same were, It's literally the same thing. No, but here's, this is what was good, Jargo. This is the best part about this. They weren't particularly upset about the jukebox. They had mentioned it a little bit in the letter. They were mad that we were allowing cover bands to perform oh, inside the establishment. Get the fuck out of here. Yes. Uh, they had, there was a movement. Uh, they were working here through the Ohio Valley, area, Ohio Valley area a couple years ago where if you were having cover bands, you your business personally had to apply for a license. These fu- this fucking government red tape bullshit, man. I mean, my God. My God. But we bring up Christy Nome and what went down in South Dakota. If you want to hear about that, go back a couple episodes. We talked all no, about it was last it. week. It was last episode. Was it last week? Okay. Yeah. So you even kind of go back that far, right? But uh, now we've had this story break in Georgia. And it's very much the, the same kind of situation where we have – a bill that was passed through the Georgia legislature and now major league baseball is throwing a fucking pissy fit and they have pulled the all-star game out of Atlanta and they're moving it to Denver, right? They're moving it to Colorado at the, where the Rockies play. So my God, can you imagine what the fucking home run derby is going to look like at fucking Coors field? Jesus Christ. But this is literally like the same kind of thing that's going on in South Dakota with the NCAA. And now the media coverage is starting to be very much the same way. Rick, I don't understand this. I don't understand any of this. This entire situation is just absurd to me. These these companies and that's what they are. Make no mistake. Companies like Major League Baseball, companies like the NBA, companies like the NCAA 
getting on this like social justice kick. Coca-Cola is is doing the same kind of bullshit. You know what I heard the other day? Fucking it was either Delta or United. I think it was United. They're going to start incorporating a diversity policy when it comes to their pilots. I don't give a fuck what color my pilot is. I just want him to land the goddamn airplane. I don't care if it's a dude. I don't care if it's a chick. I don't care if they're Asian. I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're white. I don't care if they're Hispanic. I don't care. Just Uh, land the fucking airplane. At this point, just give me uh, some AI. Dude, I was, man, you want to talk AI? Okay. Man, I am fired up today. You are just asking all the right questions. I saw this thing about Google Alpha Zero, right? Have you heard of this? I can't say that I have. Okay, this is an AI project that they have taught to play chess, okay? And this thing, it had never played chess before. It knew nothing of the game. And then 24 hours later, just absolutely slaughtered the best player in the world. Within 24 hours. Wow. And so I was listening to a a whole bunch of AI stuff and going down rabbit holes the other night. And I Skynet is not that far away. Okay. And, And I think we all know that, but I think that I've always had the measurement for Skynet wrong because what Skynet, if you don't know what Skynet is, go watch the fucking Terminator. My God, how are you old enough to listen to a podcast and you haven't watched Terminator two yet? Jesus Christ, get your shit together. Okay. So I always and thought, then go tweet about it. So we now know that AI has developed their own language to where AI systems can talk to one another, and we have absolutely no freaking idea what they're talking about because we don't speak the language. That's scary enough, and I always thought that was the beginning of Skynet. The true beginning of Skynet is when the artificial intelligence can create artificial intelligence that's smarter than we are. And we're not that far away from it. Yeah, I mean, that right there, it, it, you you are the creator here, and now you have put something that is beyond your own scope? Twice. You created something that not only is smarter than you, it then created something that is also smarter than you. That's where the big problem comes in, because we're in control of the programming of the AI at this point. When we are not in control of the programming... I mean, we, we, we've seen what happens to artificial intelligence Twitter bots. They end up getting shut down within about three days because they're singing the praises of Hitler and the Third Reich. Like, we have seen that happen when the AI creates AI that we didn't program, and we have no idea what the programming language even is, and then that AI gets out into the world that we have created, we are fucked. We are truly and utterly fucked. Yeah, get back to uh, Atlanta just real quick. This is Major League Baseball making a, a, a grandstand, right? You know, they're they're here. They are siding with the good people of Atlanta, right? Those that are in, in justly being mistreated when it comes to their voter rights. Do you know, though, with pulling the All-Star game, you know what this is going to cost? The actual people, the business owners? Tens that, that of drive? millions of dollars. Oh, a uh, hundred. A hundred million dollars. 
Yeah, even Stacey Abrams was like, hey, no, 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 no. Let's not get carried away here. Like, let's not just start boycotting Georgia. And it's like, this is your fault. You're, that's the, you're the whole reason this all started. And the thing that is insane to me is we have Joe Biden go out and talk about this thing down in Georgia and compares it to Jim Crow. And then he just goes on to lie about exactly what is in the bill. I mean, even the fucking Washington Post gave him four Pinocchios. That's not good. That's not good. I mean, and now we've got this whole thing at the southern border. It seems like Biden wants to reinstate a bunch of the Trump policies because, oh, shit, everything's fucked up. And it sounds like Trump's going to go to the southern border before fucking Biden or the person supposedly in charge of it, Kamala Harris, who is spending more time with her interior decorator at her fucking house than worrying about the southern border. He's not Trump anymore, Jargo. He's simply... 45. 45. 45. 45. I mean. What a move, dude. The world is fucking insane. It's insane. I don't. Where do you even begin with this shit? Like, do you begin with, you know, the the, the media, like, kissing Biden's ass about Biden coming out and, and saying all this? And now they're kissing Biden's ass about this gun control bullshit. Just passing executive orders. Fuck you, motherfuckers. Like, the, the, the first hundred days of the Biden presidency, it's not good. No. And we just said uh, here in Ohio, just this past week, I believe it was Tuesday, went into effect. Stand your ground. Yeah, and a lot of states are uh, starting to pass that kind of legislation. Like, the states themselves are like, we will protect your rights because we know that the feds are not going to. Oh, we're already getting the twist here, uh, you know. State level, state level official. Uh, this is this law is just he pretty much. This is going to enable whites to just begin slaughtering minorities. It's insane, dude. No, it's insane. It, 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 we've never had that problem here. Uh, what this is going to, if, if it if it does enable anything, it's going to be individuals of any race shooting their own race because that's that's usually when you have your conflict. And at the end of the day, the only people that suffer from these policies are the legal gun owners, the responsible gun owners. The criminals don't give a fuck about your executive orders, Joe. They don't give a fuck. You know, it's in a weird way. All right. Like modern warfare, you brought up the art of war. Modern warfare has completely changed. You know, and, and, and it all really kind of started, you know, what, maybe Korea, would you say? You know, because, like, it used to be everybody would just march in a straight line at each other and shoot each other. You know, and then you started getting into guerrilla warfare. And, I mean, we started seeing it in Korea, Vietnam, very much so. You know, where it's just like, these people don't play by the fucking rules. We have these rules of war that we have to follow that were installed after World War II, and they're bullshit. You can only use the same amount of force that is used against you. Then how in the fuck is anybody supposed to win? Like, it's just, it's stupid. They're there to stimulate the economy, and you go in and you raid these little fucking third world countries and shit, and they don't give a fuck about your rules. They are just out there to fuck with you. 
Well, I mean, it's simple. Get the it, fuck out of their country. Well, in so many places, it's survival. You know, you got to yes. do whatever you can to get by. You, you talk about those different those different tactics when it comes to war. I mean, hell, let's go way, way back, man. But before we were a country, I mean, that's when they seriously it was okay. Um, each side's going to wear the brightest possible color we can. Right. Since you're, since you're a, a, a beautiful target right there, we're going to bring fucking drums and shit. Yeah, we got a band playing. Could you imagine doing that? You're in the Civil War, like, hey, uh, where's my bayonet or, you know, knife ring? Oh, no, uh, you're the uh, bugle boy. Yeah. <laughs> Good sir, luck out there. Sir, I think they're coming from that direction. <laughs> How do you know? Because I can hear them coming from that direction. Yeah. yeah. What's what's your job in the uh, Civil War? Oh, I, I dotted the eye. <laughs> you know, but symbols. But then when you when you get. You know, when they started into that, you know, that warfare with the, the Native Americans, the Indians, they were coming from every which angle, man. And that was like the first time that they had seen shit like that. Yeah, like they didn't give a fuck about your rules. And then like the world after, I guess it was after World War II, Geneva Convention just like established the rules for war on a global scale. And these little countries, especially the countries, you know, that weren't a part of the Geneva Convention, don't give a fuck. It's, I, I don't. I don't understand it, man. I, I, think I don't really, understand it. What really kills me here with Major League Baseball? Have, have you looked at society, professional sports, all of you? Have you looked at society for the last year and a half and learned nothing? Look where your ratings are at. Look where your public perceptions at. It, it's in large part because you have become overly politically driven. When people, and, and we go back to this perception, Jargo, is the same as social media, where you think it is this grand voice, this the movement that people want. No, it's a very small vocal minority and a manipulated media driving these big platforms, these major corporations baseball's a corporation driving these corporations to buy into this bs and then they're sitting there scratching their ass wondering why they're getting this real life backlash when they're looking at you know ratings advertising dollars prior to this because if you start getting it because operate politics sports has been before the pandemic it just kind of became a little more to the forefront but look what it was doing before that you saw attendance numbers going down you saw merchandise numbers going down and their solution was to double down on it. How, how? I mean, just how moronic is it for Major League Baseball right now? You had a a triumphant, tremendous return during your opening days. People were allowed back into the stadiums. They were excited. I mean, there was a good buzz about baseball. And then, not just not just one little arm, one little branch of your corporation had a little hiccup here. No, you as a collective unit, your headquarters. The head office goes out and makes an asinine stand like this. Even if they even if they wanted to promote, we don't believe in this thing, which I think they should have just stayed the hell out of this thing. Just play damn baseball. There's ways to do it without completely shaking the system and taking away all of that income, that financial impact that you're going to have on small businesses, on the individuals, the real people that you're acting like you're there to protect that you're there to help to stand by. How about, how about all sides? I haven't heard any solutions to this thing. It's either, it's either you're, you're completely racist. If you stand by this thing or you're against you're un-American. And if you're for it, 
Why are we not talking about any solutions here if there really is an issue here? What is the solution here? I mean, I, I, okay, really, really. Answer, I mean, answer me this because I've, I've been round and round on this thing. And maybe you can kind of sum, ball it all together, sum it up for me. What is the issue with getting with getting an ID? And that's really the core of my problem, too. Like, how many people do you know that do not have an ID that are over the age of 16? How many people do you know? I don't I wouldn't know. I mean, I don't take a poll, but I wouldn't assume hardly any. I don't think I know one. And I'm willing to bet that you don't either. And I'm not saying that just to Rick. Whoever it is that is listening to this right now. How many people do you know that do not have an ID? And the most ridiculous part of this entire thing to me. Major League Baseball has a will call window. A will call window is when you buy tickets like online and you have to pick them up at the stadium, you know, the day of the game. And you go up there and you're like, hey, I've got two tickets ordered. You know what the first thing they're going to say is? Great. Can I see your ID? It, 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 it kind of studied both sides of this here. And I'm guessing, or not guessing, this is this is kind of what, what I've gathered here, is you do have, it, it's minorities that do not have these IDs. And it is a fear is because when you obtain that ID, you're immediately tied into a legal system. And yet they want to be able to vote. I mean, just I, being clear. I, I really, you know, these individuals, if they, if they're not that interested in having an ID, they're avoiding the legal system. I'm willing to bet personally they're not the ones pushing that envelope. I got to have my voice heard. Well, I mean, they, they, because there are other options. Like, you don't necessarily have to have an ID. Not only do they not have an ID, they also do not have power going to their home. They, they, they don't have an account with the local power company to supply electricity to their home. Well, what you do there is you have one individual that has utilities in their name inside of that. So, I mean, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's like four or five different ways that you can identify who in the hell you are as outlined inside of this bill. I mean, like, you would have to be the grumpy old troll who lives under the bridge in order to not be able to fucking no, vote it, in the that, state of Georgia. And that is when you get into certain, it's just not a racial thing, you get into this poverty, and poverty has a lot to do with this as well. They just want to, poverty is not just as, as sexy as a buzzword as a race issue. So you do have individuals that you have, you know, multiple people under one residence where one of them, yes, is verified in all those areas to take care of those sorts of bills where the other ones are not. They're hiding out. They, you know, they're on the they, they don't want to be into that system for one reason or another. So to me, can we start if that's if that's your big pressing issue? That's it. That's a whole nother conversation to get that. They fixed. don't want to be tied bigger. into the system, but they want to control to vote. the system that they want to control the system. It goes back in. I don't think those are your people pressing you. It's these asshole politicians that think they need to make that movement so that you can have your way. If you know, if, if even if you don't like our society because you've broken the rules of it, you're one of the the worst individuals inside of it. So we need you to help change it in, in a favor where we're going to protect you. To me, in there a simple solution here: How much do we give away and waste constantly? Why don't we at some point? In those areas, it may be not state by state, because here in Ohio, it seems to work fine. You show up, you show your damn ID, you vote. 
I'm sure it's the same way there in Iowa. It, it makes sense. All right, so maybe Georgia themselves come up with just a voter ID situation where it simply is it's not tied into the courts. They're not going to track you there, but it does verify you in some way so that we can actually make sure that you are an eligible citizen. I believe one of two things are true in this entire Georgia situation when it comes to the political aspect of it. Number one, the Democrats don't like it because they want to cheat. This eliminates cheating. And that's really what I think it comes down to. Or there is another possibility. They're racist. They think that you are too fucking stupid, you are too fucking poor, that you can eat, you don't even, what you're, you just want to be off the grid. That's what they think of you. And that's why they have a problem with this. One, one of those two things is true. They either want to cheat or they're racist. I mean, because really think about what they're saying here. Oh, we have to protect that poor person that doesn't have any power run into their house. They're, they're too stupid to have a fucking ID. I mean, even though you have to have one in every aspect of your normal, everyday uh, American life. One of two things is true. They either want to cheat or they're racist. That's the only reason that you should have any issue with this entire thing in Georgia. That's that, it. that really is. I mean, we, we don't have this argument across the board anywhere else. It's because that big government, that big brother government, but they want to use it there. So then now you shouldn't have to have an ID to bank. You should have an ID for, you know, whatever, you know, like you said, any utilities, credit cards. What's credit? Oh, man, don't even get me going on credit right now with everything I'm fucking dealing with. Um yeah, my God. Uh, I, I guess I should apologize because, number one, I am fired up because it has been a very long week and I, I blow off steam on podcasts. Uh, Carly and I have found a house and uh, going through this process, dude, my God. I can see where people just completely lose their fucking shit going through this process. They literally want to know everything about me except how many times I take a shit a day. I'm expecting that disclosure to come through any day now. I mean, it is fucking ridiculous. But then I think about it and it's like, you know, if I'm going to lend this person this amount of money and this amount of money is a good amount of money, I kind of want to know who they are. I kind of want to know basically everything about them. And I kind of want to know how many times they take a shit a day just to inconvenience this guy and make him fill out the paperwork that says, this is how many times I take a shit a day. Like it, it's literally gotten to that point. I think I have signed I don't, 75 documents over the course of the last like four fucking days. I've been on the phone more with, you know, people setting up inspections and mortgage brokers and then the real estate agent and then back and around in the circle the other different direction and you're like a fucking dog chasing your own goddamn tail and they set it up that way to see how responsible you are because if you will go through this entire maddening fucking process we suspect that you're gonna pay your fucking mortgage on time i'm, I'm convinced that that's what's going on here i'm gonna put on my you know my leftist cap here for you uh you know that that's unfair to you I, it's clearly racist. You, you know you know what it is? It's because I'm a bald white guy. That's what it is. Yeah. 
Uh, this is this is completely don't have a ridiculous. Choice. Completely ridiculous. We'll, we'll bring that that dirty D word into this. Uh, you deserve that, and they shouldn't be able to look at anything you've done. Dude, my real estate agent has said that to me. I don't know how many times through this process. You deserve this. And I'm like, fuck no, I have earned this. All right. <laughs> Almost 42 years working towards it. I have fucking earned this. I don't know. I don't need to hear nothing about it. I deserve shit. I worked my fucking ass off to get here. Yeah, but she's out there earning that big commission. So Yeah, yeah. And and and, and that's fine. That's cool. You know, but God damn, dude, this process. Holy shit. Well, congratulations, man. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it, the the reward at the end of of this headache, this hassle oh. is is going to be so worth it. I, I know the family's excited. What this is going to mean, dude? Like today, my my entire day, right? This is podcast one of three that I am recording today. Even though it very well may be the the when it gets released, it may be three of three by the time I get to sit down and edit it and actually get it pumped out. But it, it's I'm recording three podcasts today, and then it's house shit. And I, Carly is amazing and I love her so much, but dude, oh my God, like all of a sudden she is turned into Carly homemaker and we have to go and we have to tour fucking Menards and we have to tour Home Depot. And I think we've got to go to Lowe's and well, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's dream, crazy. man. It's that dream. She's probably been sitting there all these years, you know, just waiting for that day, that moment. And that's great. But I'm the one that's dealing with the loan officer and I'm the one dealing with the brokerage company and I'm the one dealing with the real estate agent and I'm the one, you, you know what I mean? So I'm the one that's stressed the fuck out in this process and she's Just getting into all the it's fun shit. I'm it. like, what color do I want to paint it? <laughs> you know, uh, everything is going to be, you're going to get through this and you're going to be able to get in there and sink your teeth into that new, that beautiful new studio area that you've got coming. Oh man. That's when you're going to be able to kick back and enjoy yourself. But, yeah, so I, I guess that is something that we, we do need to discuss, and I guess we might as well discuss it on the show because, you know, that's that's kind of what this show has become is just, you know, conversations with, with Rick and Jargo. Um, so tentatively, the closing date is May 14th. Um, so you and I have spoken off air about PWA and I'm really sorry about that, dude. I, I seriously feel like shit about that because that show is, is May 15th in, in Greenfield, Ohio. I was going to go out for the show. I was going to run production for you guys. I was pumped. And then the other night at work, it just hit me all of a sudden. I was like, fuck the closing date is May 14th. And that show is May 15th. There's no way I'm going to be able to go to Cincinnati. Um, and obviously, uh, we'll be shutting down Locker Room Studios. Studio 203 is going to be uh, uh, coming soon. I got the fucking, I even ordered a sign for Studio 203. I'm, I'm super pumped about it. It's going to be awesome. But I don't know how long I'm going to be offline going through this process. So it may be a couple of weeks where there's there's not a whole lot of shows dropping on the HTM Podcast Network. I assure you, we didn't go anywhere. It's just... Things are kind of fucked up right well, now. Well, anything at that point, uh, if it's uploading, just have them send it to me. I'll put the damn things up. And then if we need to keep something going, it just if, if there's shorter versions where you just get the uh, the RBV or maybe I'll get some guests if it's a week or two here for the HTM, but we'll, we'll keep them rolling. And then uh, once uh, once the new studio is all put together and whatnot, the conclusion will be coming your way as well. If, if you want to know more about that, you can visit michaeljargo.com. Got that all set up. Life is fucking crazy, dude. I feel like all adult and shit. 
You know? It's weird. When did I grow up? What's going on? I just want to watch men in their underpants beat each other up in a fake fight. Fucking crazy, dude. What about you? What do you got going on this week? Like, are, are you insanely packed for WrestleMania week two? Are you even going to watch WrestleMania? We barely even talked about WrestleMania. Uh, you know, I, it, you you have got a full slate of podcasts coming up. I'm going to be right there with you. I've actually already been on recorded a, a handful of shows this week talking WrestleMania. But, you know, kind of that running theme with the with the different groups, the circles I've been involved with here. This is probably the the least excited that we have been for a WrestleMania ever. It's so flat, right? Uh, and, and that's a number. You, know, you you look at the just flat storylines, and they're making more money than they ever have. True, true lack of star power. Uh, and this really, it, it, this isn't a knock in any way against his talent. You know, we regularly say this in a different conversation. This is on the company. This is on your management. But they have, you are right. They have done one thing to perfection. And that is to completely sell a pile of shit to these networks that have no idea what they are looking at, what they're talking about. And they're buying this thing from them. So, That's I mean, bra- bravo the WWE on that thing. But, yeah, I got uh, Monday. It was released Monday. But sat down with with Paz of the two-man power trip, Carl Kelfrod of uh, our friends over at Turnbuckle Talk, and, and of course, Rad Rob, because it's uh, Rad Mania 3. I didn't get we asked didn't... to do a Rad Rob show this year. Man. He, he, he knows you're not onto the product at all or anything like I'm gonna that. I'm going to have so. to, I, I've got to step up my game. That's what's going on here. I mean, if I am going to be repeat Hami Media Affiliate Podcast Personality of the Year, I'm clearly, if I'm not even getting asked to do Rad Rob show. Wow, 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 dude. Wow, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but I'm no, sorry. I, I got to say it. We, we did a watch along. We went back and, and relived the, uh, Warrior and Savage. Seven, right? The, the career versus career. WrestleMania seven. And you talk about shill, Vickery, shill, baby. I was at my fi- I was in my finest form. It, it might have been the best shill job that I've ever done is I sold that. And I mean it. I mean, it's right up there. And it, it hands out personally for me, my favorite, the greatest match in WrestleMania history. And, and I don't need... And I know you give me that look because you're one of those those star system. No, I'm star system Sally's. I'm trying to think of what I consider to be the greatest match in WrestleMania history. Hmm. Uh, there's some good ones out there. You know, there's there are, there's there some are. good ones. But you know me when it, when it when it get down to it, pro wrestling for me is at its absolute best when it, it's about storylines, characters, charisma, and raw emotion. And you get into that match right there, and it fires on all of those cylinders, and in you look at what's on the line there. Career versus career. We had never seen anything like that up to this point in WWE, especially, you know, they might have had some back in the day, you know, someone leaving town, a territory sort of style. But on that stage like that, I mean, you can go up for a championship match. You lose it. You could win it the next month. This is it. And and, and now you said what you, you, you kind of saw an evolution of the warrior in there a little bit. But really, it, it, macho man. You know, coming in is, you know, one of the two top villains in the company. Kind of hard to outshine Slaughter as the top villain at that time as G.I. Joe had just turned his back on the country and is aligning himself with the Iraqis. But 
But for, for how many years there, Macho had been that top heel. You know, the, the most hated guy inside, the Macho King. There's more then, emotional attachment to Macho Man than there was to Slaughter at that time. Yes. Well, and I think that's what made it so beautiful. You know, you, and then you you bring Elizabeth back. So you have that, that you know, wrestling's true great love story comes full circle right there. And it really going back and watching it, it, you know, the four of us we put over there, she doesn't get nearly the credit when we talk about great performers and what she lended towards that match is sensational Sherry. Yeah. Dude, Sherry, Martin, uh, her, I mean, her, her positioning and because she knew how to work, right? And she, and she knew where to place herself. She was so good on that camera. Every shot, she was right there. And it wasn't as if, you know, she wasn't a manager. She wasn't just another piece of that match. She was an extension of the macho man and what that game plan was for them commentary. And it was great. So I had fun with that. Uh, pause and I it, believe it's dropped. You can pick it up now over at the uh, two man power trip on any of their platforms. Uh, Paz and I actually sat down and we we went through the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. Ooh. Okay. So we had a little top five. We agreed on on most of them with some honorable mentions. We we talk about performances. What was it? What, what do you remember the top five offhand? Uh, we didn't. It was a, kind of a loose rank. So okay. you know, as I was putting over, uh, you know, Warrior and Savage, he agreed. So we, we we reviewed that second to last for for that number one spot. We went WrestleMania thirteen, the double turn, Austin and Hart. Yeah, I mean, but you also you got to have Hogan and Andre up there. But we we actually had that that fell into an honorable mention because I mean, just that moment, that slam, and, and what it meant. I mean, that's you wouldn't have WrestleManias if not for that. Exactly. And, 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 and look at this this incredible fan base that you've had that can literally say, man, I've, I've loved it my whole life because of that moment. Yep. And I mean, Steamboat Savage, um, that Hogan was in. And Warrior has got to be in. up there. Um, that of was course, in. The, uh, the double turn. My, my favorite match, which is nobody's favorite match, um, it, uh, WrestleMania 14. With uh, Austin and HBK, I just I absolutely we had it in there. that man because of the because of the moment and what that what really that triggered there. I mean, you have that was the beginning of, of, of the Austin era. I mean, well, you, you look at and you have to go back and remember that there was that emotion. I mean, to have Tyson involved there, you ruined it. You ruined it. Even in the yep. build, and then you have that payoff at the end where you've got Tyson in there. Well, I mean, when you him and, him and Austin are build, celebrating. You talk about that build. I mean, number one, Sean is injured at the Royal Rumble. Austin wins the Royal Rumble. Um, so Sean basically can't do anything on the entire road to WrestleMania. And they still had the hottest, like, three to four month build yet. I mean, like, the build to HBK and Austin was we gotta, incredible. We talk, we talk about that. that you know, maybe that kind of lended towards it because they had to get really resourceful. I mean, they had to get creative on yeah, that. It Sean wasn't just this work. Right. So they had to come up with some things here. And then you even, and even then is we started to, you know, the curtain was had already been pulled back, but, it, but never pulled back, you know, more than before because we're starting to get some of that background information into this thing, which intensifies it because it's getting a little, a little more real. And, with, is, and then that's when we're really starting to learn about, you know, the boyhood dream. Shawn Michaels, we're starting to learn, you know, everything's not so rosy with him. Right. And remember, this is the match where Undertaker sat a gorilla, Knox yeah. taped, just in case Shawn didn't want to play ball here. Well, and, and you can't even necessarily fault 
Sean, I mean, if you go back and you watch WrestleMania 14, knowing what you know now about Shawn Michaels and the the status of his body going into that match, you can't even fault that guy for being on enough painkillers to kill somebody from Seattle in 1994. I mean, like, that dude is in some fucking pain. And you well, can I, see it. Like, on his walk to the ring, he doesn't even know if he's going to be able to do this. And the match is incredible. Well, it, we give him credit, too, as Paz and I were talking about it. You know, it, for as much as people want to, you know, I lost my smile or, you know, the politics of the click and all that. He went up there and worked his ass off. Fuck. With it a was an incredible, incredible mean, performance. I mean, you look all around and, and, and you know, I'm usually not, I don't put that much emphasis on. I understand how much it, you know, it, how it is needed, that, that technical aspect. But it's just not about those movesets. I mean, it's about that storytelling in the ring. It not really is what take took this, that match to the next level. That was it was in our tops. Uh, I think the only one that might have surprised some people, and when you all when you hear about greatest WrestleMania matches, everyone kind of leans towards singles matches because that's where the focus is with WWE. TLC. Uh, in I had TLC too as my as my five. Yeah, I can see it, that. just because those guys were they were redefining tag wrestling. And they were, and it wasn't just about. And I know, well, Rick, it was spots. Well, they're meaningful, and, yeah. and there was build. You cared about all three of those teams. You had a connection. There was a true rivalry between them, and at that point, that rivalry had almost become respect. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there was great storytelling and emotion yeah. inside of that match. Uh, but outside of that, no. Then uh, I feel bad dropping this again, but I'm going to sit down with Rad Rob for both nights of WrestleMania on the on the review shows. Well, and then you also had, I mean. Uh, a couple other matches to throw out there, and I think they're all basically HBK matches. I mean, you get, you got the HBK Taker matches. You got HBK Taker three, which was Triple H versus Taker. Pause had his in there. We we went round and round on those things, uh, and I really did enjoy those. I, I, especially the first one, the, the light versus the dark. Yeah, heaven versus hell. Yep. Um, Jericho and HBK is a very, very underrated match from a WrestleMania. Uh, Flair and HBK. I love you. I'm sorry. Super kick. I mean, like what, you know what? This, this brings up a good question. I'll throw it out for a different audience here on, on HTM. We're, we're putting this together. So I'm, I'm going to mention your name. We'll get you on. We're, we're going to probably do like a little, maybe next week, something like that. A, uh, let everything at WrestleMania settle in from this year. But as, as we were talking about this during the matches, is HBK truly Mr. WrestleMania? Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, absolutely. I don't know. You're, you're making a strong point for him because we kind of debunked it. No way, man. When you go through that lineage of those matches, you go back and watch those matches. Like that Jericho and HBK at the, the WrestleMania at Safeco Field. I don't remember what number it was. But that match is absolutely freaking fantastic. Like, And, and it's, it's the two different eras of HBK. That's what does it. I mean, he stole WrestleMania with two careers. I mean, there's, there's not only the original career, but then they kind of gave him the moniker Mr. WrestleMania and everything. And then those matches with Jericho and Taker and Flair, like I, it's not the greatest match in the world, but I'm love you. I'm sorry. Super kick might be the greatest it, moment it, in the it, history it, of pro wrestling. I, I, no, I mean, because and again, when you say match, 
That's what there's over. There's just too much importance emphasis on this technical aspect. There was there was more storytelling of motion inside. Those guys went out and worked what they had to do because they're working that audience. I think that's my favorite WrestleMania moment. I love you. I'm sorry. Super kick. As I think about it, I think that's probably my favorite mania moment. You're making a good argument for him. Paz made some t- tremendous points in favor of Macho Man. Oh, absolutely. The early years of WrestleMania. But or, when you look heart. at the quantity, the quantity and quality of the matches that Shawn Michaels had at WrestleMania, I don't think there's any question he is the greatest performer in WrestleMania history. Wow. Well, all right. We're going to have to have you on for that one. Now, now you've kind of you just put me. You're, you got me thinking now more again. You got Paz. He, he's had some hell of selling points there. Uh, but that that's a good. On the flip of that, dead real quick, because we still got some time. We we kind of just kind of just a brief conversation on this because we want to take a look at it. Superstars that you felt disappointed with WrestleMania performances, or maybe they didn't. Maybe they're they're overhyped, or they never got that moment. Like one guy that that really never had a defining WrestleMania moment uh, that was such a beloved superstar in his era, Mick Foley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had that match with Edge, but outside of that, you know, it, and I believe he's actually talked about it in interviews where he felt kind of disappointment that he never, you know, with all the greatness that he was able to achieve, you know, the highest rated segment ever. Uh, who the hell is going to forget that hell in a cell, especially, you know, going off the top. I don't know if it's the as chair much, shots, a cactus know, jack. I don't know if I would call it disappointment necessarily, but anger is sting. Sting and Hunter. When Hunter went over on Sting, um, I'm still angry about that. And then you also had the match with Seth where everything went terribly, terribly wrong for Sting. So, I mean, I feel like Sting probably is that number one. But that was at a SummerSlam, right? Was that at SummerSlam? For some reason, I was thinking that was Mania. Yeah, that was was at SummerSlam. Did Sting just have the one Mania match? Yeah, you you had one shot to get that right. And you fucked it up. In like the, not, the the biggest fuck up in WWE history, like how do you not have Sting win that match? Well, and and, and here's the other side of that when we're talking about people that have been major WrestleMania d- disappointments for how big that we would kind of look at them inside, you know, the the bubble storytelling and all that. And who was Sting's dance partner? Triple H has tried to book himself into so many, or been in that spot where he's got like. On he paper, like, won. ooh, it's like, ooh, that's a huge win. But they were never the right call. It was like he tried to force his WrestleMania greatness. He even had the one, even the moments with Undertaker really felt like he was just riding Sean's coattails. It was. Because it, it was it was HBK versus Taker three. It was just that Hunter was a stand in for Sean in that match. I mean, that's really what that match was. He shoehorned himself into that. And it was probably the best match of his fucking career. Just because of the storytelling surrounding the match going into it. Yeah. It, 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 these other moments. Did he go over on Jericho there? I mean, when he went over on Booker T inside of that, made no yeah. sense inside of that booking. Yeah. Uh, Sting. I mean, it was like it, he's. And that's why the they ones, talk about the golden shovel, man. You and know? even the ones, and even the ones, and I know these people, oh, if you go look at his record, he's lost more. Right, come on, that's bullshit. Who cares? Right. Who cares? It, it's, it's about moments. Right. 
And, and even like the, the big ones he was involved with, it was always about the dance partner. Yeah. I've Not always him. said Hunter was the best number two ever. You know, like he was never a number one guy. He was always a foil. You could never build the company around Triple H. But you had to have him. I mean, he's a surefire, first ballot, Hall of Famer, no question. Father of NXT, Papa Hunter. Nope. Nope. Overrated, man. Overrated. What are, so what are you looking forward to at Mania? Is there anything that you're really looking forward to at WrestleMania? I don't know, probably that chick singing the uh, America the Beautiful. Who's doing that? I can't, I can't remember her name offhand. Babe, 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 something. I don't know. I never heard of her before, but good God. Did you did you watch TakeOver? Yeah. So night one of TakeOver, they have Nina Strauss come out and play the national anthem. Night two of TakeOver, you get fucking Poppy? <laughs> like, what? If you're going to start one with the national anthem, shouldn't you start them both with the national anthem? Like, that felt kind of weird to me. Was well, that they were kind of—I don't know—they they were kind of. It was like a continuation, like you just had this super intermission. Yeah, it was just. Weird. I guess is how they were—they were kind of approaching that. Just weird. Did you watch any of the UK stuff? I started it and then I stopped, so I have to still go back and watch that. I am looking forward to it. What all are you watching? Is, is is there anything like outside of like WWE content that you're watching? I mean, a couple of years ago, we watched like 50 some shows during WrestleMania week. And this year, like I know uh, GCW is running a bunch of shit down in Tampa, but I didn't even look at like the full schedule. Yeah, th there are quite a few other shows going on there. And again, you know, I asked I asked Beast a bit about this last Monday. If they had ever, you know, as independent workers, if they've ever kind of jumped on that that movement of, hey, let's go down there and work all these shows. And, and they really didn't really think about it. But, you know, this really didn't exist till about five, six years ago. Um, the first Where time I remember it was like WrestleMania 30. So right around that then. Yeah. You know, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, you are. I mean, yeah. But there New wasn't Orleans. like we saw like last year, you said, because we had that complete breakdown where we went through for everybody. And we spent almost an entire show just talking about the side shows. Yeah, it was insane, man. Watch so uh, much wrestling. But you, you mean, we've got, and then coming up, you know, outside, of course, uh, Impact made their move last night. They're back to Thursday nights. That was effective NXT, last night? Last night. Uh, so Man, they, your they first night you're running up against TakeOver? Wouldn't you put that off a week? Duh. That seems like a no-brainer. Dude, when you're only pulling, well, 250,000... Yeah, I, it, it isn't really that pressing. Are they up to two hundred and fifty thousand? I, I don't even know if it's that right now. <laughs> I don't know if they're like, over one hundred and fifty thousand. No, I was going to say something. Somehow in my mind, I want—I honestly want to say—I think at some point it was like thirty-six thousand. So I mean, it was—it was almost like we were doing the same downloads on HMG <laughs> in a yeah. week that they were doing a viewership in a night. Uh, but no, they're running. Impact is running a a, a minor pay per view. I guess a minor marquee event Sunday at three o'clock in the afternoon. Huh? Who they and I believe they are? that's Stardom? that's the that's the Omega in Swan match. Oh, when Kenny Omega wins the Impact title that nobody cares. About. I think I, I could be wrong there, and it's probably not. Don't hold me to that one. Uh, but you had AEW, so you know, and then those guys, are, you know, Cody. Here's another one. We'll, you know, that's just not our style. We'll never piggyback on on WrestleMania week. Well, guess who's running a an exclusive live event on Friday night. Oh my God. 
Got to be there live. Is it in Tampa? It. Well, it's it's it, they're at their place. It's at their place. It's at Daly's place. Yeah, God. but come on, come on, you know. Fucking ridiculous, dude. So there there are some other events going on, but yeah, it's just. The, the, the intrigue's not there, man. No, it's not the same. The, the hunger, the passion. But anyway, you know, this weekend, I mean, I've, I've got, uh, so the record here with you, I've got the track tonight. Hopefully rain holds out here in Southern Ohio. Uh, tomorrow, I've actually got, this is kind of different. I am uh, emceeing at a train show. A train show? Yeah, like model, like train collectibles oh, like and model models. And so, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing that. That's our local VFW. They asked me if I'd help out with that. So I'm going to do that. Then that's going to be an afternoon more than WrestleMania review. Sunday WrestleMania review. Monday back in the locker room, man. Fucking crazy. Never stops, man. Every day of the week now. Every day of the week. Yeah, it's better to stay busy. And that's just covering New Japan. It's every day of the week, you know? And then there's, you know, all the American shit, too. My God, New Japan's killing the town. I, and by killing the town, I mean killing the country. Uh, they, they're, they're burning people out. It, it's not just me. I'm hearing it left and right at this point. I mean, at one point there, dude, they, they were running like five shows a week. It's like, dude. What is what is this? Uh, the 80s? Well, no. What it is is so the venues are open. We can get fans into venues and shit, right? But they, they still they are enforcing social distancing and whatnot. Um, so we can only run about a third of the capacity of the venues. So we're going to run three times as many shows to recoup the attendance and the revenue lost. And in the meantime, they're killing their creative, they're killing their talent and they're burning out their fans. I mean, that's, that's really what's going on here. I mean, every, I, I, very, very shocked by this entire turn of events with Will Ospreay, although I have a couple of different theories about what's going on. But I've now come to find out Kota Ibushi is injured. So Ibushi's out. You've got Okada is working hurt. You've got Naito is working hurt. Ospreay has something going on with his shoulder. Uh, Hiromu is out. Like, it, it is just that injuries are starting to pile up for New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's, I mean... Hell, your boy John Moxley, he, he laid out a challenge to Yuji Nagata for the IWGP United States Championship. And while I love Yuji Nagata, like we're going deep now because we've got so many guys injured. It's not good, man. New Japan's in like some real trouble right now. Well, I mean, you burn in the wick at both ends. It's going to come yep. back and bite you at some point. Yep. You're killing the town. Yeah, I mean, God, that phrase came about what in the seventies when they just kept running Detroit over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and the sheet killed the fucking town. That's that's kind of where New Japan's at right now. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I do. Uh, I guess one more before we get out of here. We we were talking about uh, you know artificial intelligence taking over. Oh shit! The uh, the horrors of the theater of Hollywood coming to life. Uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, the monkeys are on the loose. What the fuck is going on with hey, this, man? And um, what more fitting place? And maybe it begins the uprising here in Cincinnati, as you remember oh. a couple of years ago. The, the nation's eyes were on the world's eyes. We're on Cincinnati when we dropped that ape at the zoo, uh, Harum. Had to put him down when that kid fell in the pit. Remember oh, that? Yeah. It, oh, yeah. So um, it looks like the the uprising, they're, they're out for vengeance. Oh, people are capitalizing on us like crazy, but. 
Uh, apparently, it, it's still. Well, a- I know it's, apparently, did yeah, I hear it, you say apparently? Apparently, apparently <laughs> five monkeys were on the loose through the west side. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard us regularly. Uh, this show is emulated from from my part from the west side a few times, uh, but there was a private collection. So these people were were housing some monkeys at their at their home, and they escaped, and they are running loose in a cemetery. I, is one of the monkeys named Caesar? Because if one of the monkeys is named Caesar. Watch the fuck out, man. No, they said one of these what well, they said one of these motherfuckers is five foot tall. Holy shit. They got an orangutan? Uh, I don't know. Uh you know, here's what kind here's of monkeys are we talking about here? Holy fucking shit. Here, here's my thing with this though. It, this always bothered me. And I, I I enjoyed the Planet of the Eight movies, the original ones. You know, during the uprisings, and, and same here. Uh, you know, if I'm over the west side and I see one of these things coming at me, uh, oh, I'm standing my ground. Let's shoot it. Because you know what? <laughs> they are monkeys and we have guns. Oh, my God. Them, you know what's going to happen? The apes, they're going to get on fucking horses and they're going to make spears and they're going to turn you into a fucking skewer. Hail Caesar! See, I like the Planet of the Apes movies too, but I ain't watching none of that Charlton Heston bullshit. I want to watch the new shit. I love that new fucking Planet of the Apes trilogy, man. The whole fucking Caesar storyline, fucking fantastic. I love it. It looks beautiful. And that's my problem with the old school ones. I, they just look awful. I can't I can't watch them. Like the quality of the quality is that just is so fucking bad. Sto- no, no. Even like 30 years ago, the quality was so fucking bad. You, you again, your, your star system, Sally, you yeah, got to have all this production. You got to get in the characters, the raw emotion of it, the nope. storytelling. Nope. Can't do it, man. I can't do it. People walking around in monkey suits. I can't do it. Like, it Damn is you just, Jargo. Damn you, Jargo. I can't, I can't. You blew it up. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, man, they, they, that that's the show. That's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, then visit us at, you know, one of our syndicated affiliates, whether it be the Hamid Media Group, whether it be hamidmedia.podbean.com, whether it be the HGM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. Uh, you can find it all over at michaeljargo.com. RBV, how do the people find you? Uh, well, as we uh, wrap the record, I've got to shift gears here. I've got to figure out where the hell all of our HMG content is that was just released here so I can get those shared across social media. So, hey, make sure that you are following us to, to, fight, to figure out where the Friday locker room, the Conspiracy Horsemen, the, the, where, the, where that Wednesday locker room went, where Smack Attack's going to be, the Impact Attack, whatever it might be. We, we've got it hidden everywhere right now. You can get them usually on YouTube. Or, hey, go to patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We've we got a bunch of free content right there, and we would encourage you. It, it's not good. Pony up. You get the FR podcast. You get some really insightful, just like, not even the business of pro wrestling, but just in general life. So I know Stevie Richards got a bunch of stuff uploaded there. Ben's got some of his secrets and tricks into marketing strategies. The the art of war. You're going to learn that more and more from, from there. Uh, so check that out again. It is patreon.com backslash Hamid Media Group. 
Be sure to check out our friends over at the Two Man Power Trip, all of our other great affiliates through our management program. We're going to be at you all weekend. I'm, I'm over with Rad Rob all weekend. Looking forward to it. But you can keep up with me personally. The art of the B to the V. Richard Brunson Victory across all social media at The Real RBV. I'm fixing to jump on with the redneck and the vet over on the next level. And then the vet and I will be in your ear holes with an all new episode of Destino. Busy, busy times, man. Busy times. But I I guess we'll, we'll talk to you next week here on the Hidden Marks podcast. Maybe we'll even have a format this week instead of just shooting. But, you know, life is fucking crazy at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll, we'll talk to you soon. And for now, we're off like a project. me don't give up you're back guy Hey guys, before we wrap up this week's show, did you know April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month? Sexual assault happens every day, yet recent reports say over 94% of rapists roam free. Eight out of 10 sexual assaults are committed by someone who actually knows the victim. Based on data from surveys, it is estimated that 734,630 people were raped, threatened, attempted, or completed in the United States in 2018. Yet, despite the increase in self-reports of rape and sexual assault, there was actually a decrease in reporting to the police from 2017 to 2018. 40% of rapes and sexual assaults were reported to police in 2017, but only about 25% were reported to police in 2018. Maybe you tried to reach out before you were failed by the system. Maybe you're unsure of what sexual assault is. Whatever the case, the National Sexual Assault Hotline is there for you. 800-656-HOPE. That's 4673. That's 1-800-656-4673. Together, we can put an end to sexual violence. For Americans living abroad, get help in an emergency by locating the nearest embassy or consulate. You can also call the State Department's emergency numbers from the U.S. and Canada, 1-888-407-4747. From overseas, it's 1-202-501-4444. If you are a member of the DOD community, you can access the DOD Safe Helpline for live one-on-one support. The service is confidential, anonymous, secure, and available worldwide 24-7.